Welcome to Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. I'm your host, Dean Beaver, and I'm once again joined by my lovely wife, Meredith. Hello. Uh, we've got another guest in the studio today, a good friend of mine, Rachel Kaysen. Uh, thank you for joining us. Ahoy, hoy. I love how you practice your name like five times and you still like somehow added a T that's not there. Was there? You kind of went Kaysen. Rachel T. It's Kaysen. I did. No, I I said Kaysen. Okay, yeah. well, Kaysen. just in case other people heard the silent T. Maybe it's like a Zoom thing. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, we have a few questions that we ask all of our guests here on the show. Uh, so first up, uh, give us your life story in about the span of a tweet. And, you know, you warned me to do this and then I did not practice, which is maybe that's the basis of it. Um, <laughs> either a reformed or lapsed academic, depending on what the next couple decades brings along, uh, who does not adequately prepare for social gatherings. All right. I think that's good. So this can be a little more, a little longer than a tweet, um, but uh, go ahead. What is your personal history with video games? And it can be like as short or as long as you want it to be. I am a Nintendo girl through and through. Yeah! Uh, from the early days. Like I really can't remember a time where we didn't have a system in the house. Um, I think my first game was probably Mario on the NES slash Duck Hunt. No, know. it's the, yeah, it's the double cartridge. Uh, and then uh, I got a Game Boy when I was pretty young, but I think with the exception of Virtual Boy, I have every system and I like still have them. Dabbled a little in Xbox when the Buffy game only came out on Xbox. Oh, man, but otherwise, mostly a Nintendo. I, I mean, Sorry? I'm not surprised. I didn't know there was a game. Oh, there were two of them. Second one came out on GameCube, though, so I was with Danny dead? Oh, um, well, it was good if you were into Buffy and you really liked the DVD menus. Like, a lot of the actual stage setup was the very intricate DVD menus from, from wow. that time. So, I have all these cool. Like, the big, chunky ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with those. I hope I James Marston. I soundtrack to some of them are playing in my head right now. I hope James Marston got some extra work out of that. Marsters. What a... James Marsden is the uh, chin guy, right? Yeah, he played Spike. He's voicing yeah, James Marsters. He's voicing yeah. characters on Dragon Ball Z now. Is he still? I mean, he did Piccolo in the movie, didn't he? And that uh, nobody well, saw. We don't talk about that. No, he got another role as a. Well, technically, he's doing a voice for Dragon Ball Super. Uh, there's this character who is an apprentice to basically the god of a certain universe and like a version of him comes from the future saying that like i'm gonna rule all universes and uh the god of destruction of our universe like kills his younger self but that doesn't rid the future self so there's some questions about how time works in that universe but whatever I mean, I have some questions about how time works in this universe. The explanation about how time works that I've ever seen is the one in um, Endgame. Avengers Endgame, yeah. Where they have that scene where they're like, <laughs> Back to Future was a bunch of bullshit. Here's where I reveal my fatal flaw. I'm also a DC girl, so I haven't seen most of the Marvel movies. Daddy's working mom. on it. Okay, I'm ending this Zoom call. I'm just talking <laughs> to you. Click. Shortest my, podcast. One of my mom's stories that she loves to tell is how she had the original Wonder Woman comic book. She had like all of them and it was like she, she, they had no money so she spent her money on these Wonder Woman comics. And then she was in college and my mom, my grandma was moving and sold them all like without asking. Mm. And my mom's like obviously still sore about it because she's told the story to me <laughs> at least 50 times. And to Dean... At least five. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, so when when I when Wonder Woman came out, I like my parents were coming up to visit, and I was like, "It's Mom's birthday, and Wonder Woman's in theaters. Like, Dad, we have to go." And he's like, "Your mother doesn't like going to the theater." And I'm like, "This is Wonder Woman. <clears throat> like, she will go. It's her birthday." And I was like, "Yeah, we're not going to like." We had an argument on the phone, and 
I think I hung up on him. And then I talked to my mom later and I was like, wait, he says you don't want to go. Like, if you don't want to go, tell me. She's like, you and I will go together some other time. Your father is just not going to go. And I was just like really angry. And then um, they got there. I just, I had decided to drop it for like the sanity of all. And they got there and my dad's like, okay, so what day are we going to see Wonder Woman? And I was like, <laughs> what? Uh, uh, Tuesday, I can get tickets Tuesday. Oh, and he's like, he's like, okay, let's, let's go. And, and my mom's like, what'd you say to him to get him to agree? And I was like, I didn't say anything. Like, I guess he'd like thought about it. He got there. Realized that like, he was kind of being a dick. Yeah. And so it was senior day. So I got like, cheap tickets for them and like we went and my favorite part was like we're sitting my mom was between us and we're sitting there and like they're like they're in the trenches and there's like bombs and she's like I'm gonna go help the people and like and they, they run out and you know all the women are crying because she's just like doing awesome women things every man and then, in her path and then she's they're like in the village and she looks back at the dudes and goes you stay here I'll go on ahead. My mom goes, ah! <laughs> Maxed me. And I was like, she likes that. She likes that. Anyway, that's my DC story. Amazing. I really like Darkham City. I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> I might also be a lapsed and or reformed comics girl. It's a, it's, it's a, a Batman game that they came out with. Mm. I remember seeing, like, I don't know why they decided to do this in Chicago, but they had a bunch of advertisements for it, for, uh, like, on the train, on the L. The weird thing is that, like, all of the marketing material was white, and I was like, yeah, that's the Batman color. <laughs> Batman, famously uh, gleaming bright white. Mm -hmm. Sponsored by Crest. I think there is a Green Lantern storyline where he ends up getting some sort of, like, white lantern ring. The Green Lantern verse is almost its own like microcosm. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so we've got a we've got a, a story to talk to or talk about. Uh, we may have digressed. Yeah, may have digressed a little bit. <laughs> Wait, I... is this not entirely just going to be what we think about some current and former uh, superhero things? Uh, n not today. Um, wow. We'll come back. Maybe we can come back to it. I don't know. Meredith has a, a habit of bringing things from earlier back into the forefront. Okay, gotcha. Um, called good callback. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you could turn the attitude down, just maybe the comedy a little. Just a little bit. I know. I know what a callback is. Who worked at an improv class? Oh, I did. The box office teach you much? Anyway, Rachel, I'm sure you know the process by this point, but please feel free to interrupt. I've got this book report that I'm going to read. Feel free to interrupt and, and talk about whatever you want. That's how it's going to work. So. Got it. Okay. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask was released for the Nintendo 64 on April 27th, 2000. The game follows... Yes, the game follows Link after the events of The Legend of Zelda. Ocar that was 21 years ago. Yeah. Like, that's old, yeah. That I accidentally wrote 12 instead of 21 on one of my dates recently and like went back and looked and I was like. And that date turned to dust. Like 12 seems real. And then I was like 12 was real. I was a real adult in 12. And that was a long time ago. Continue. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the game follows Link after the events of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time as he journeys through the land of Termina to stop a skull kid who has been possessed by a mask containing an ancient evil and uses its power to make the moon fall into the world. Okay. I everything. That's a problem. I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson would have a whole lot to say about how that would fuck up just not only the Earth, but other things as well. Yeah. And to make matters worse, the moon has this like angry face on it, seething with rage. Yeah, it's not just the moon coming into the Earth, right? It's like also the Earth is going to be sucked into the moon. There's a whole mutual destruction situation. I'm going to be... Wait, who did, who did this? The Skull Kid. Uh, there's a type of enemy... Controlled the... by... Do they live on Earth? 
Yes. They live in Termina, yes. There's a type of enemy called a Skull Kid. It's a little imp-like creature, and he finds this mask that is possessed by an ancient evil, and he puts on the mask. And, As you do. And then he gains all of these powers, and he makes the moon fall into the earth. Mm-hmm. Link also, let me let me be upfront. I have not played on that as well what's up i said i'm sure pat would have done that as well if any buffy fans are out there and remember joyce's one ever friend pat who put on oh, the yeah mask and then became evil so i'm an african mask it graces the dead let me put it on my wall and joyce had one friend ever, ever. i know one female friend and her friend put on this cursed mask Anyway, go ahead. We're talking about curse. So you were I'm, about to be up front, and I think you were about to make me angry. I just have a suspicion. Go on. I'm going to be up front. I have not played any of the games that we're going to ta- talk about today, with the exception of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, he has the soundtrack of that, like, on repeat. I mean, I do. Patty makes fun of me a little bit. Very sweet teasing, but sometimes just all of a sudden you get some Zelda music if you're in my car and we're on shuffle. Um, Ask Dean what his dance song was for his and all right all right we're gonna tell this story real quick because even now it makes me fucking pissed when meredith and i got married i had to come up with a mother son dance song and so obviously i wanted a video game song but i wanted something that i thought everybody could enjoy so i found a really nice piano arrangement of Aerith's theme from final fantasy 7 and that was also a, a song that i knew my mom like at least somewhat liked rather than tolerated right so we found a we found a dj who was very good at what he did other than this basically what i did is i i went on youtube and i found a i found a video of the exact rendition that i wanted and downloaded it illegally using one of those converter sites and i sent him the mp3 and i was like this is the song that i want to dance with my mother to on my wedding night flash forward wedding night Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the groom and his mother, Sherry Beaver. And he starts playing the from the game version of Aerith's theme, Mm. which I don't mind typically, but it's not what I requested. That definitely does feel like a you had one job kind of moment. Um, I'm going to share the screen for a minute. Now I'm going to share your screen and I'm just going to show this. This is Dean with his mother's face. Because he's just so angry. You know what? Good on you, though. Those knuckles are not white, and I feel like mine would have been. That's all. So for for the audience to come up here, um, let's describe Dean right here. His um, his mother is holding onto the back of his neck. Her head is pressed up against his cheek, and he's he's, probably holding me back. He is gazing dead-eyed over her shoulder with a. I don't even know how to describe your mouth. It's like not quite a smile. It's like the corners are trying to pick up because you know people are watching, but you want to murder. But you know, your mom was happy. Yeah. Oh, look at her. She didn't know. She was fine. She still had her glasses and her hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a former roommate of mine, his name is BJ Ensweiler. He's a teacher in Philadelphia right now. Uh, he was also at the wedding. And he just like when the song came on, he just burst out laughing. <laughs> and I went up to him later and I was like, what the fuck, dude? And he was like, that's just such a you thing to have happened. Like, I it's know. The moon. I, oh, what the hell? That is awful. Oh, we're back to the actual story now. Yeah. Uh, that is awful. That is evil. So the moon has, I'm just going to describe it and anyone feel free to jump in. What I'm seeing, and I have never seen this before, is a, it's a porous stone with enormous tombstone-like teeth, thin lips. There are lips. There are lips, and that's disconcerting, even though they are thin. A nose that's like a skeleton nose sometimes, and sometimes it's like a little bit Roman, and eyeballs. There's big skeletal eye sockets and floating orange and yellow eyeballs with very small, small pupil. Because if you're in the moon, I guess you're in the darkness and you don't need to dilate your pupils. That And it looks really gleeful and evil. And some of them, it looks like a flaming Mexican wrestling mask. Yeah, those are I could get that, yeah. 
I think it's also important. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing. I think it's also like really important real quick to just to give a quick premise over the gameplay of Majora's Mask. Um, yep. Rachel, feel free to correct me if I get anything wrong. But the premise of the game is that Link comes to this town. Well, if you just want to say that anything's bullshit, that is also appropriate. Got it. So Link comes to this town and he runs into the Skull Kid. And the Skull Kid gets the possessed mask and try is basically going to destroy the world. Um, okay, question. Okay. Where does he find the mask? He steals it from a mask salesman. So the Skull Kid is like a trickster and depending on how far back you look at the lore like maybe a racist image initially that they are trying to like yeah bring there's in that too from but that they, they try to change has, up so that they're not using the same imagery that it maybe in originated in yeah um, he has very like a trickster guy and if i could interrupt for just a moment yeah. meredith he has very dark skin and very broad lips which I think they tried to change into a beak in later iterations of it, but that's that's pretty much. So were they trying to make him African before? I yes. think they He's, they changed him to a wee beak man. Oh, but initially, I see like a bird in your little cartoon guy. There, Rachel has a little like figure, and he looks like bird humanoid with elaborate costuming. Yeah, yeah. I also want to point out that this isn't the first time that this specific image has been used by nintendo the pokemon trying to learn and grow what's up i said i'm happy that they're trying to learn and grow yeah i guess they could fact that they're trying to learn and grow but you know whatever yeah well nintendo is kind of is kind of like disney in that the more woke they are the more money they get so a very fair assessment yes which i'm not saying there's a problem with that there's definite like chances are if there's a like a thing like luigi could be gay at this point probably i'm gonna go back to the premise of majora's mask again uh so skull kid is trying to bring down the moon and link runs out of time to like stop him but then he remembers that he has an ocarina that can control time so what he does skull kid stole his ocarina he has to get it back oh yeah Yeah. he gets it back right before the end of the three days yeah i was gonna say plot hole like he just has this ocarina in his pocket but apparently it's his magic ocarina from ocarina of time yeah how did did skull kid steal it knocked him off his horse yeah so did he know that he had the only ocarina that could possibly prevent him from doing this thing and so he was like i'm gonna steal this mask and then also find this dude and knock him off his horse and steal his ocarina is that how this is going I, i don't believe so I think it's just kind of a coincidence. Right. Yeah. Again, Skull Kid, you know, impish into doing pranks. Usually they're harmless. Like but once kind of character here. Say again. Are we looking at like a puck kind of character? Kind of. Yeah. I, but then once I'd Majora say... takes over, he gets a little more nefarious, right? I think that's why he takes the the Ocarina. Yeah. Majora is the mask. Mm-hmm. Majora is the spirit held within the mask. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Go. Okay, so basically, like, what happens... Runs out of time. Yeah, he runs out of time to stop the Skull Kid, uh, but then, like, at the last minute gets his ocarina back, so he plays the Song of Time, which... How does he get his ocarina back? Punches him in the dick? I don't know. He blows a bubble right out his face. Oh, yeah, because he's Deku Link at that point. Yeah. yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, I said what I said. <laughs> you know, I mean, he sort of blows you. a spit bubble at him, is the short version. What really? what, hap- what what happens during the the introduction of this game is that Link runs into the same mask salesman and is given a mask that transforms him into like this wood spirit. Hang on, one second. This mask salesman is like, oh, this one kid stole this mask from me, but you look like a nice kid that might stop him and maybe bring both masks back so that I could make money, which is why I'm ostensibly here i think Take this one for free okay. y'all are killing okay at the end of ocarina <laughs> time link is an adult he's in love with zelda he's just saved the world but he's also not supposed to be an adult yet he slept through seven years of his life and everything you, you, you heard me i said what i said and she's like you know what this is great and all but you gotta go back so she puts him back into his child body so that he can live those seven years not in the spirit realm. <laughs> he goes home yeah. to the forest, which is also where the Skull Kid lives. Skull Kid <laughs> plays a nasty prank and tries to steal a Pona, 
after having stolen the ocarina. Link Pona is, is a horse. Pona is the horse. Link is, is horse dragged. Let's say, how old is the horse? Is back is, to being a young horse. Is a very is a foal. That's okay. word for a young horse. Um, <laughs> Link is dragged through the forest into a a territory where Dekus would inhabit. He get falls down a hole. He runs into a giant Deku. He is be cursed. Dekus are uh, the the wood spirits that I was talking about earlier. With a face. Yeah. And a nose like like a hole that you can shoot bubbles out of. Like an elephant nose? Like an elephant nose, but very short, yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Dean is showing a picture now, and they look like they basically have mouths that are ready to spit watermelon seeds. Yeah, exactly. And mouths. Link continues following uh, Skull Kid and to try to get back his ocarina, to try to save Epona. And because he ends up in an alternate universe, which is Termina. He meets the mask salesman, who's had his mask stolen. And the mask salesman, oh, you've met with a terrible fate. And recognizes that this is not really a young Deku, that it is a cursed boy. Mask why is, salesman. Why is he cursed? Because he's been turned into a Deku scrub. Okay. Mask salesman offers to return him to his original form in exchange for Link getting back this precious mask that was stolen from him, which is the Majora's Mask. So the mask salesman has magical powers. So the mask salesman is a mystery. The mask salesman sounds like a goddamn U.S. machina is what he sounds like. How dare you? <laughs> I've heard some. I've heard some things that like, or I've heard some some rumors that the the mask salesman was modeled after Shigeru Miyamoto, who who created both Mario and Zelda. I hope not. If you ever get bored, Google Mask Salesman Angry. The Mask Salesman first appears in Ocarina of Time, and when you make him mad, he gets that face all of a sudden, and it is truly terrifying. And then, so his face goes, his eyes go red, his eyebrows come in, his teeth are bared, and like, he But he only has his the top teeth, and he has no lips, yeah. and is, he's yellow, and he has a severe part in his red plastered down hair and he's wearing purple which is the worst thing a redhead should wear <laughs> with yellow skin he's just all kinds of color. oh gosh i can see that i can see a resemblance between miyamoto for the record i've pulled up a comparison picture of both the happy mask salesman and shigeru miyamoto, miyamoto uh father of mario and zelda and they do look strikingly similar they do their eyebrows are a little different but yeah, there is a similarity somehow. Anyway. Obviously, Miyamoto doesn't have plenty ears. Yeah. So I believe the whole premise of the game is that you basically play through the whole the same three day cycle. Yes. You get to the end and you're just about to stop. So it's like Groundhog's Day. A little a bit, bit. Yeah. If everybody's doing the same activities, you're the only one whose day is different. And I haven't seen Groundhog's Day, but I assume it's the same. That is that is exactly what Groundhog's Day is. Excellent. Then yes, like, it's the very much like that. Dads of money off the bank truck and like <laughs> like he knows exactly where everything's gonna be. During his travels in Termina, Lincoln counters Tingle, a 35-year-old paunchy cartographer obsessed with fairies. Oh, so many questions. Right. <laughs> Okay. Let me, okay, this is my me, favorite character, so go gently. Meredith, I know you have a lot of questions. L let me get through this paragraph, and okay. then I promise we will spend another 35 minutes talking about him. Okay. All right. Go. Tingle. Okay. Punchy man in Termina. <laughs> Obsessed with fairies. He dresses in skin tight, in a skin tight green suit and travels. Of and travels mainly by balloon. Okay. Link must pop Tingle's balloons in order to bring him to ground level and purchase maps of the surrounding that area from him. Is that a euphemism? What's up? I just asked if that was a euphemism. No. Okay. He literally, like, you have to look up and find him floating, and you have to pop his balloon so that he falls to the ground, and then he's like, hey, I made this map of the area while I was up there. Do you Still want it? How else would you make a map? It's supposed to be a euphemism, just say. Purchase ma maps of the surrounding area from him. While Tingle was unpopular in the United States, he was extremely popular in Japan and oh, Europe. He was. The Japanese are all about that shit. Sorry. Sorry, Japanese audience people. But to our conservative 
bland American taste. Y'all are crazy. Popular enough to warrant his own game. Okay. okay. It must be the premise of this episode. And oh, are we actually found a Zelda? You have found one of the two, three existing Zelda games that I have not played. So I can't wait. Okay. So, first off, are we talking about the Tingle game now? Yes, we are. What questions do you have about Tingle? And I'm okay. going to defer to, uh, I'm going to defer to Rachel on a lot of these. He's from Term, Termia? Termina. Termina. Like terminal. Or- Okay, so there's a thing. That was a thing. I was like, okay, is there? Everyone there is destined to die. So, is that real? Is that a thing? Termina. Everyone there is destined to die. I I mean, mean, that's a clever joke. Everyone on Earth is destined to die too. So, yeah, but they're caught in a time loop in which the moon is going to crash into Termina and destroy everyone and everything. So, oh my god! And now I'm thinking about Loki, which Rachel hasn't seen. We're here to disappoint everyone today no i mean i have not seen the what is the one that everyone has seen wandavision and i mean i like that shit and i have not seen that but like in loki like there's a there's time loops and there's not it's, it's not important why but the only place if you're a person that's outside of your time loop to hide is in a time zone where it's about to be destroyed so you find a planet or a, an existence that's about to be wiped off and you can do whatever the hell you want because the time people aren't watching you because the whole thing's about to be wiped out. So that time is ending. So it's like perfect place to hide from time watchers. Time so, goes. The time yes. variance authority. So Termina sounds like a great place to hide if you were a Loki, that was a variant. I mean, is a Loki a trickster god too? Like, it's all the same. He is, but there are many Lokis. I mean, actually, Rachel, I think you might enjoy just this series, even knowing nothing about the rest of the universe. I could be wrong. Little to nothing. If you like Tom Hiddleston, you'll enjoy it regardless because it's him. But I was also surprised to learn that he's 40 because I feel like he looks a little older. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, he's British. Anyway. So Tingle. Yeah, let's bring this back to Tingle. I don't know anything about Tom Hiddleston, so I can't help you out now. Oh, well, we'll do that screenshot later. Um, So he is obsessed with fairies. Right. Mm-hmm. He's believe upon- that he is the incarnation of a fairy. But is he? Well, depends on which part of the fandom you talk to. Okay. Well, you... Okay, so I am now looking at his avatar, and if this were a real person, I would be afraid. (laughs) Like, so it's a cartoon, which is much more palatable, of a paunchy man with a green unitard on that also extends to his head and covers his pointy ears, and the top of it also goes to a cap. He's got red panties on over top of the unitard and a belt with a gold buckle he also appears to be wearing a backpack of some kind and he has a florid nose a large roman florid nose and a goatee eyebrows and he appears to be prancing in almost every he does definitely prance thing and you know what i thought i had questions but my mind is now blank (laughs) please okay so while not particularly popular in the United States, Tingle was very popular in Europe and Japan. I can even more see that now having seen his picture and knowing some of the big mascot-like things that they enjoy in Japan. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. see why they would like Tingle. Freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Was oh my re- god. Was was released for the Nintendo DS on September 6th, 2006. The game follows Tingle's transformation from an average 35-year-old man to his fairy persona. A mysterious voice calls out to Tingle, drawing him to a mysterious pool west of his house. There, he meets Uncle Rupee, an old man with a rupee for a head, who tells Tingle that if he could throw enough rupees into the pool, then Tingle can spend eternity in rupee land. I have more questions. Let me preface this by saying that a rupee is the... I know what a rupee is. I don't believe you. Saucy. Okay. Um, it's an Indian currency. Also, is it pronounced rupee? Because that's how I have said it my whole life. But I've just been listening to Padma Lakshmi's book. And I think it might be pronounced rupee. And my whole brain has exploded. Well, I feel like also Aang is dying outside. Because both of our doors are closed. Aang is our cat. I feel like 
the Americanism of rupee might be rupee. So yeah. I feel like we're not committing like such a faux pas. We're doing our best. Just like I feel like we should pronounce countries the way they pronounce them and not the way we pronounce them. And I've never understood that. That's the way of the world. But my question is he has one for a head. His head is a coin. It's not a coin. It's no, more... you just said he had a rupee for a head. Yes, it's not a coin. Rupee in the Zelda in the Zelda mythos is more like a like a small jewel. Okay, so he has a jewel for a head. Okay. Yeah. I mean Much I'm not better. I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's better, but yeah, he has a giant rupee. Head. head. What color is it? I don't know. Let me share the screen again. Oh god. I also just want to point out that I just screamed his currency is head, and I didn't mean that. Okay. All right. Oh. Well, that is actually weirder than I was expecting. I did not expect a flesh-colored rupee. Uh, I'm gonna. And that's I'm gonna, on me. I'm gonna lean towards the fact that it's that like gold rupee, which I, I think know, is worth three hundred rupees. Someone else describe this for the listeners. Okay, so Uncle Rupee in the image that I have in front of me is a Gandhi-like persona who is sitting on a cloud. Peaceful and is wearing diapers and is bald. He he is bald, except for the fact that his head is shaped like a rupee. No, he's still bald. His head shape notwithstanding. Indeed. He has no hair except for a mustache and eyebrows. But those are, it's a really good stash and brows. It is, yeah. He worked on that shit. They extend past his face. So do you, he in the image that you pulled up, he's holding a green rupee, which is the smallest form. That's a one rupee. Um Mm-hmm. Is it that he's holding a tiny version of his head, or is it that his head is a giant, expensive version of a currency? Uh, that's getting a little too deep into philosophy for us. Okay, I feel gotcha. like I'll save that for after the show. All of this game, I don't have enough wine. Hold on to your butts. All right. Let's see. So Uncle Rupee transforms Tingle into his fairy form and makes rupees his source of life. Okay, so he's given him his wildest dreams, and now he can't live without money. Sounds like America. Yep. Tingle, aided by a female elf named Pinkle. Oh, God. There's a girl? Like, you can't. Oh, my God. Of course. (laughs) Of course she has a swirly breast pink bra. For the re- for the record, I've pulled up a an image of Pinkle. And... Okay, okay. Can we just like go to the one in the lower right corner where Tinkle is like half her size, climbing her like a pole? Yes, amazing. Like what the f? Please tell me that's fanfic. No, nope, and she has nothing is holding on her underwear on because all she's wearing, listeners, is underwear and pink fishnets and boots and a freaking hat. And again. No, like your clothes are decorated with rupees. I'm going to be worried about whether that's an old man's head in miniature <laughs> for the rest of my life. Shut Pinkle. Okay. I'm T- with you. I'm Tingle, stoked. aided by a female elf named Pinkle, travels across three continents to collect gems and amass rupees to make the tower to rupee land grow. Throughout the game, Tingle travels through typical Zelda-like dungeons, earning rupees throughout. Combat, however, is very different. Rather than fighting himself, Tingle can hire bodyguards to do the fighting for him. Of course he can. For a modest fee. So he loses his life force. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what, Meredith? I take back anything that I was thinking earlier about popping balloons not being an euphemism. This is all... This is definitely all euphemism that his life force grows his tower to rupee land and he can hire some big strong man to help him get there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, canon is that Tingle is gay, just like for the reader at home. uh, This this was written by fabulous gay men. He is, absolutely. Also introduced is a bargaining system with non-playable characters. Oh. The player must bargain with different characters to gain information and necessary items throughout his travels. How do they bargain? Lowballing could result in losing a necessary item. Of course. While paying too much can lengthen the road to Rupee Land needlessly. Mm, so lengthen the road needlessly. So basically, you have to get really good at like bargaining and tr- trying to determine how much something is worth. Because if you pay too much, the game continues 
longer than it needs to. Well, maybe you want the game to continue longer than it needs to. Mm. I'm just here. I'm just listening. <laughs> Rachel suddenly feels very uncomfortable. I don't think she's uncomfortable. I think all of my quips at this moment would just not really work for the tone that we're going for, so I'm listening. After collecting the necessary number of gems and rupees, it is revealed that Uncle Rupee has been manipulating Tingle from the beginning of his adventure. After battling Uncle Rupee, Tingle restores peace to the land. You battle Uncle Rupee? Like, okay, hang on. I know, top 10 anime betrayals. No, but no, legit question though. Uncle Rupee, didn't Uncle Rupee like, okay, so Rupees are his life force, Tingle's life force. Yes. At this point, is that Pants that's yelling? It is, I'm sorry. No, we like Pants. Pants is Rachel's cat, yes. And Pants has opinions. <laughs> he loves Tingle almost as much as I do. So rupees are Tingle's life force. Yep. And he has to battle Uncle Rupee, who is made of a rupee, who ostensibly, one would think, has control of rupees. I, mean, I feel, I feel, feel like this might be a one-sided battle. I'm not saying this isn't a communist manifesto. <laughs> but um, Tingle loves rupees. Uh-huh. Oh, he has to kill the thing he loves. Oh, maybe this is a romance. Oh, this is heartbreak. Well, romance, usually the genre is not covers all. So maybe this is a fantasy? I don't know. I hope it's a fantasy. <laughs> I like how it actually was like, I don't know what genre they were. This is. <laughs> For a second, we're talking about a fucking elf. After being released in both Japan and Europe, Nintendo declined to release the game in North America. While, nin while Nintendo has never officially stated why a release never happened, a few factors likely contributed to the decision, including... All right, I'm ready. One, Tingle's less than warm reception in North America. Bullshit. I mean, that might... I'm going to say from a marketing standpoint, you got an, a character the game is based on the country doesn't like the character which is that's the part that i'm objecting to that's bullshit it's a this is a lovable character with zero negatives series producer eiji anuma has gone on record to state that this was the reason tingle was left out of the legend of zelda twilight princess meredith just so you know that game was like heavily uh marketed towards western audiences is that right? The, yes. Oh, yeah. A lot of things went into that. Um, what happened was Ocarina of Time came out and people were like, yeah, Link is finally cool. And then The Legend of Zelda, uh, The Wind Waker came out and that had a cell shaded cartoon kind of aesthetic to it, which people I mean, who you did just get Majora's Mask. I'm going to forgive it because we've already given it its fair shrift. So but I think that that had been the cell shading. Go on. Yeah. Uh, it had a cartoon cell shading aesthetic to it and Western audiences were like, we just got this really cool Zelda. Like, why are we playing this cartoon kitty shit? So Nintendo was kind of like, uh, okay, um, well, we could do that again. And so they made Twilight Princess, which uh, features a another somewhat realistic Zel uh, cast of characters, all of that stuff. I'm going to go deep in the archives and ask, do you remember... After Majora's Mask came out and when Wind Waker hadn't yet been announced, the E3 demo that was just like a fight scene between Link and Ganondorf. Yes, I and do. it's hyper-realistic and I downloaded it off Napster. Oh, That's yeah. cool. And like, so not only, like the expectations were just so high when they announced Wind Waker and I was among those who spurned it as Zelda, I admit. And it turned out to be a lovely, delightful, replayable game. I was wrong. Fun fact, I don't know how well-versed you are in Super Smash Brothers, Rachel. When they were making Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, they reverted Ganondorf back to his Ocarina of Time style. And I think it's his down B attack, or his down, his down, down A attack. It's his down something attack. It's actual, it actually has the sword from that tech demo. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's yeah, cool. so that's pretty fun. Okay, so one, Tingle's less than warm reception in North America. Two, an official poll on Nintendo of America's website, results of which swung decidedly against releasing the game. Wow. 
So Nintendo was like, hey, we're thinking about releasing this game in America. And America was like, now nah, we're good. Man, the one time I would have preferred the corporate overlords to just run with their stuff. Three, Nintendo's family-friendly image might be damaged by having an oddly sexual dumpy man as the main protagonist of a game. <sighs> and here we are. Here we are at the crux of all the things. Despite these factors, the game sold well enough to warrant a sequel. Ripened In countries where sexuality is not so repressed. Sorry. Ripened Tingle's balloon trip of love. Okay. 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 All right. I said not repressed. Right now we've got balloon tingle of love. We're not freshly pinked. We're ripened. Oh, ripened. Yeah. Those are his balls. That's yeah. very important. Yep. Uh, this game follows another dumpy 35-year-old man who orders a discounted romance novel. Really well, quick. Uh, Tingle's French, isn't he? He's got to be French. Yeah. I think Tingle I mean, transcends nationality. I think yeah. he's... Yeah, his magic words are not in a language that is of the Earth languages, so I'm not too sure. Yeah. Isn't it Upale? What is it? Tingle, tingle, kululimpa. Sounds Gaelic. Uh, the game follows another dumpy 35 year old man who orders a discounted romance novel only to be sucked into the said book and transformed into tangle yes james once in the book tingle must travel throughout the land with a party based on that of the wizard of oz tingle Tingle. but you said tangle i meant tingle which one's tangle tangle does not exist you made that up Okay, I thought you said there was a new person named Tangle, and this is the person that opened the book. The new guy got sucked into the persona of Tangle. And he, yeah, he assumed the role of Tangle. Okay, so I thought his name might be Tangle, and I was like ready for that, but okay. No. Sorry. Once in this book, Tangle must travel throughout the land with a party based on that of the Wizard of Oz. So there's a tint. What? Why? What? Why not? <laughs> Okay, of course it is. I you're just you're asking for sense at this point. Just want. Some... Can you imagine a sexier ensemble? I want some cannon. God damn it. Okay. All right. Also, wait. Is he playing? Do we know if he if Tingle takes on the Judy Garland person? Because then I can't explain it. He definitely does not wear the outfit, but mm-hmm. it, it can be assumed that yes, he he contain. There's he... not another Dorothy. No. He takes the central he, he takes the central role with a scarecrow, a tin man, and a lion. Is there a toto? I don't I didn't read anything about that, no. Mm-hmm. So Pinkle is no more. Yeah, Pinkle, forget Pinkle. Of course. I will never forget Pinkle. I just need you to know. <laughs> I know that you've asked me to do something and I need you to know I can't do it. And I'm so sorry. Well, no one should forget Pinkle. I'll never I, forget this. I'll forgive I'll I'll let it slide this time this time. Appreciate you. Once in the book, Tingle must travel through the land with a party based on that of the Wizard of Oz with the end goal of dancing with the book's princess, uh, which is required for him to be released from the book. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're back to euphemisms. The game remains solely within Japan as flirting with girls is a central gameplay mechanic. Oh, God. Which he's meant- been established is not a girl flirty guy well there's a whole this isn't real tingle right this is the person embodying tingle yeah (laughs) real tingle is gay so confused can we just make we'll just make tangle by i'm calling him tangle by the way it's just his new name because he's not real tingle he's tangle okay and i decided he's bi so it's fine and now my brain can stop exploding let's go on uh, the game remains solely in, within Japan, and as flirting with girls is a central gameplay mechanic, a North American release was out of the question. Why? Because flirting with girls is not a North American thing? Not for Nintendo Mickey Mouse. What? Uh, what? <laughs> Why? Not for the wholesome... Okay. Nintendo is the wholesome video game company, right? Yeah. You do the naughty stuff on Xbox and PlayStation, you save the world on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was not aware... Oh yeah, if you want to do the dirty stuff, you gotta get a get an extra. I like yeah. when you said Mickey Mouse, I was like, stick with two cannons, please. I cannot handle another. Yeah, we're not gonna get into hot coffee or anything like that. 
Um, I don't know what that means, but I now I understand what you're saying. So, okay, so Nintendo is the quote-unquote Beatles of the, the 60s and 70s, and maybe Xbox is like the animals. Yeah, well, let, let, let's just say that Nintendo is like Disney. PlayStation and Xbox are like Ren and Stimpy. And I guess that would make like PC gaming Ren and Stimpy if you can, if you'd like, add Thomas the Tank Engine just anytime you want. Yeah, that happens a lot with pc mods and stuff like that so yeah that's the that's the story of tingle and freshly picked tingle's rosy rupee land meredith is literally trying to hold her head together i have both my two most powerful fingers on either side of my temples i have like i guess i shouldn't be i've also had a couple glasses of wine i'm just gonna be honest with everyone here because this was intense Okay, so Tingle himself was a thing that I was like, what? And then I accepted Tingle. And then it was like, don't accept Tingle and like put him in this land where he's got to like dance with. And I'm just like. Did he dance? In, did he indeed dance with the princess? I and believe- were his red underpants besequined? I believe so. And I don't think so. No. And did he dance Missed with opportunity. friends? Because they could shake their booties as friends. Sometimes friends do that together. Yeah. Or they could be by, I just, this whole tingle, like giving his essence to another person to be tingle, to curse him into a book. Like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> in fantasy, you're just trying to sell the next novel and you don't know where your son has landed. So you're like, it's mad. But sometimes your, your readers are going to get pissed and be like, there's got to be some canon here. And I feel like Nintendo lost their canon. This is my opinion. I feel like they took a character that was a character, beloved or not. This was a solid character that was identifiable, that people were like, hey, this is Tingle, and this is a thing, and this is a, a something we can rely on and hang our little like pointed hat on, and that Nintendo was like, okay, well, some people like this in Japan and those weird countries where they don't care about sex. Or you can like, buy like underpants from vending machines and shit like that. Like, let's... Which, Anyway, let's throw it over here. Hey, U.S., you want any of this? No, we're still mostly like gonna be repressed and we're happy that way. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done talking about Tingle. Let me name. Like, let's like his name. I know. Could you think of a more perfect word? Like, you could have any verb be a name, but a genius. It took an artiste to come up with Tingle. I'm just going to say, if you were a gay man and you were a fabulous gay man and you went into a club and there was an another fabulous dude in the club having a drink of many different colors looking really ornate and tasty and you went up and were like... Is that a euphemism? Sorry. I have to know what you're drinking and I have to know what your name is. He was like, my friends call me Tingle. Like... I mean, what are you going to do but explode? That's just my... You get it. Let me try and explain it this way. Throughout all of the Zelda games, there have largely been two presences, I'll call them, that appear consistently within each of the games. There is usually some sort of hero named Link, and there's usually some sort of princess who has sacred powers named Zelda. I feel like this... Like Tingle is another one of those presences that multiple people can inhibit that pre- or can inhabit that presence, and it kind of transcends time. So I think that's what we're what we're dealing he- with here. Yeah, I mean Tingle is in Wind Waker on an island where he has lots of little Tingles uh, yeah. in different colored suits. And you can helping... get the Tingle Tuner. Yes, I did not know that he had mini me's. Yeah. But you really own you. Uh, you always want to talk to the real one. Yeah, he's got the best. Gathering Tingle as a joyous fellow is a what? A joyous fellow? Yes. Oh, he's very, very happy. He's the very incarnation of a fairy. So, I mean, he's also tragic, and this is one of the reasons that I love Majora's Mask and that I love Tingle. Is like Majora's Mask was not afraid to be dark, and it didn't make you work too hard, but it did make you put puzzle pieces together, like. When you first meet Tingle, he talks about how he was rejected and how he had to leave home. And later you meet a very burly chap who talks about how disappointed he is in his fruity son 
who went off to be a map maker or some bullshit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Tingle is out there living his dream. Oh. At the end of the day, I think it's very I think it's very good that you have a character that's not unaf- that's not afraid to be somebody who they truly are. I'm sad that his like that you meet the parent that's that way, but I guess in a way that's representation for people who have the parent that is that way oh that's the tip of the iceberg with how dark that game fucking gets oh yeah like there's the there's the one like older sister who kind of intentionally gets her younger sister drunk so that she doesn't have to experience the end of the city what yeah that happens too the romani ranch girls yeah malin and taylin in that one i think something like that but there, there are these two girls who live on this ranch, and they produce us in the American version, anyway, of the game. I believe it's a it's a certain type of milk, mm-hmm. and it's called Romani Ranch. And they they have a special type of milk called uh, Chateau de Romani, which I mean, it doesn't take a lot of brain cells to to work out that that sounds like a wine. Mm-hmm. And it's on the last day of this three day cycle that you play that the the character is the char- the older sister character is like I'm going to go ahead and give uh the younger sister a little bit of this chateau du romani because she can see that the moon is getting very closer to yeah. Oh. yeah so she in all likelihood she's probably getting her younger sister drunk so that she doesn't have to endure the end of the world and depending on if you the different interventions that you can do, you can only do so many in that three-day cycle. And the Termina is very populated. So you can't save everybody in one go through. So I mean, if, you, if you don't intervene, um, aliens come and take away all the cows from Romani Ranch. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> if you do intervene, um, like you could stop them. But if you don't intervene, then like when you do finally get out there and and get to the ranch, there are some Zelda-like obstacles in your way. The younger sister is largely mute because she tries to stop the aliens herself. Like she's in kind of a PTSD shell shock situation. And then, yeah, like Dean said, you know, whether you intervene or not, like everybody can see that the moon is getting bigger. So, oh, the older sister does try to. Yeah, that's a that's a thing of. That's the thing about the game is that at any point you can look up and see the moon like gradually getting closer to the planet. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that game gave me an anxiety disorder. <laughs> about the moon. But like yeah. that, on that game, you always have a clock at the bottom of your screen. You're always very aware of time passing and how little time there is to accomplish everything you need to. I'm not saying it didn't contribute to my anxiety so I am in a writer's group right now where many of the writers other than me, um, actually all of them other than me, at least write some thriller fiction or mystery fiction where there is a ticking time clock. And a lot of them are really enjoying the idea of like putting the time clock like in their chapter headings. And obviously it makes it complicated for them, but I'm also like, ah, uh, e. like, cause I'm very aware of time, like constantly. Yeah. I don't know. I could have any of your, one out. Have any of your friends read Spawn? I don't know. I have not asked them all the books they read. Because that one has kind of a timer. The whole thing is that like every time Spawn uses his magical powers, like the timer goes down. And so like when the timer reaches zero, he like dies in the afterlife, which I don't know what all that entails. But they did Let's make it back to the world that you were talking about. The like world where the moon is being destroyed by the like the earth is being destroyed by the moon, right? The skull kid was that his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, did he want to die, and did he want to kill people, or was he possessed? Like, I'm I'm sorry, I know that was not part of the story, but I'm still a little like concerned. I think so it's a little. Majora. I was about to say, I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Like he, his mischievous nature probably had a little bit of, of that in it to begin with. And Majora, the possession by Majora probably pushed him over the edge. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Skull Kid himself, like he's got a tragic backstory 
too. He's very lonely until these fairies find him. You see a flashback where he's like shivering in the rain in the forest and they find him and help warm him up. And like when he finally finds friends is when he is able to be his full impish self. And then he sort of just gets in over his head with Majora and then Majora's mask really takes over, right? You don't see him without that mask until you're fighting the mask and the spirit inside it. Do you get to save him? You do save him, yeah. When you it's Nintendo, you save everyone. Oh yeah, princess is in another castle. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like that. That's like, like occasionally I like the fantasy where someone really important dies and you cry. But I like to have spent a few books with them. Sure. Where they die, and I do occasionally like where I think that everyone's gonna die at least for a few pages or I think that they are dead and they come back and I am unpopular in my writer's group in this opinion like they like people to die and I'm like you know what people die for real like I get to experience that for real when I'm also like hideaway place I want to be able to save them so I guess what I'm saying is like I endorse I think I've I've told the story to a few of our friends, but Meredith and I both went to see the episode seven of the new Star Wars movies. I forget exactly which one that was, <laughs> but um, I mean, but tw- towards the end, uh, Han Solo comes up to his son Ben, and Kylo Ren stabs Han Solo, who falls into a giant pit, and Meredith and I were talking after the, we saw the movie and i was like i'm the like champion of the character that dies but then comes back later he wasn't really dead but he comes so he comes back and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but kylo ren stabbed him with a lightsaber and he fell into a bottomless chasm on a planet that was about to blow up i don't think he's coming back from that <laughs> and the reason dean said that was because we walked out of the movie theater i was like you think he's really dead? Maybe. So anyway, I think that brings this episode to a close. It went on a little longer than I thought it would, but I think it yielded very good results. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you had a good time talking about it. Beloved national hero. Yes. International. Because he's International. French. Intergalactic, maybe. Thank you for having me on. Sorry. No problem. Thank you so much. There's a number of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, I would recommend listening to another episode to find our contact information, except for the the Google voice phone number that I set up because Google shut that down in December. You're just going to reinstate it. So like, why are you even doing that? Anyway, listen to another episode and build up that traffic if you want to find out how to get a hold of us because... We need the traffic. Anyway, Rachel, we also thank have you. email. Yes, we have email. I believe it's openingstagevgh at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is, I think, at stagevgh.com. But you can listen to another episode to get that information. I uh, definitely did not listen to episodes all day in preparation to, to know what I was getting into. That would be weird. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be but you weird. could, you could listen to other episodes. Yes, you could. There's a number if you, of. If you are going to like list favorites that you didn't listen to, Rachel, what would your favorites be? I really uh, enjoyed Haley's, I think was my favorite. I liked the detours that that one took. The Sierra online one. Yeah. And that's that a good one. That one I like listening to. Uh, I just listened to the John C. Lilly and Echo the Dolphin one again because it makes me feel fun. That one freaked me out. Uh, yeah, that I, I wrote that one to and be that way. Me out. Thanks. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and do that. Meredith, do you have anything to plug? I just have my normal website, which is meredithrealliance.com slash faster. That's the blog that I post every Friday. But I was more hoping you would plug Rachel. Yes, please, Rachel, if you have anything to plug, please. I literally have nothing in my life. So uh, plug yourselves, everyone. Rachel's uh, moving to Chicago, and she's a brilliant British literaturist with a PhD. You guys in Chicago should give her jobs. Just throw all the jobs at her because she's uh, moving here next month. I want to point out that one time I was kidnapped by the mafia. 
one of the mobsters was coming in to like seal the deal as it were but there was a glass rooftop and rachel burst through the glass and then she punched the the mobster and then she gave me 20 dollars and then we fought all the mobsters and that was awesome and you know what was silly about that is we were actually fighting them with crustaceans it was a mobster lobster fight and yes. the worst part was that i really wanted to eat crustaceans that i was very it, hungry. it was really cool when you were like when I you ended were up fleeing, having to go with clams you were fleeing the the lobsters with like they were nunchucks that was awesome thank you anyway. that is a patented move the fun anyway. thing was when you when she removed the rubber bands and did the nunchuck thing because oh, then she was shit. against the people yeah people died I didn't uh, mind moving to clams that night. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.